where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of The Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Arcana series. So far, over the past two weeks, we have covered from the fool to the hermit. And today we'll pick up at number 10, the wheel of fortune. If you have your tarot deck handy, this is a great time to shuffle on through and find your wheel of fortune card in the deck. In the Rider Waite deck, we see a wheel that looks almost like a compass in the center of the card, surrounded by some Hebrew letters, and then angelic beings um, sort of in the corners of the cards. And this card represents a wheel that's been set in motion. So when I see this card in a reading, it tells me that something that has been set in motion is coming to fruition or something, um, who, the seeds of which have been planted long ago is about to come back around. It also is a message that we cannot just sit back and trust that everything will work out in our own best interest. This world requires us to show up and apply effort and do the work and commit ourselves to an ideal. And when this card presents itself as part of this larger story, it has so much to do with the wisdom that the hermit finds in his cave. During that time in solitude and isolation, the hermit is able to see the, all of the paths that he has taken all of the forks in the road, which direction he chose, which direction he could have chose but didn't. And in that synthesis of knowledge, he becomes aware of this wheel of fortune, this wheel of destiny. And his awareness of it through study and introspection gives him mastery over it. So he can see what is playing out and he can begin to apply himself in strategic ways and times and places in order to draw to himself the path that he chooses. The danger of this card or the shadow of the card or the reverse meaning of the card is that we are about to get what's coming to us and it's not good. <laughs> um, we haven't applied ourselves and seeds we have sown in the past are coming back around in a way that could be sabotaging or um, sort of like a loss of our sense of luck or our sense of being protected. Um, so the, whether this meaning is the positive or the negative side of the card will have a lot to do with the context of the reading and if you decide to read cards in the reversed position. And sort of the deeper and more esoteric meaning of the Wheel of Fortune is even when the hermit 
has understood the paths of destiny and has begun to apply himself in the direction he chooses, he is still never ultimately in control. So in a way, the Wheel of Fortune is also a wild card um, warning us that even when we do our best, even when we are wise and clear-eyed and well-intentioned, sometimes the universe sees fit to bring us a situation, a circumstance, a challenge that ultimately will give us uh, new opportunities for growth, but may not be something we can foresee or control. Which brings us to our next card in the Major Arcana. So we have this idea with the Wheel of Fortune of getting what we deserve and getting what we don't deserve or what we don't think we deserve. And justice is about that discernment. Was this decision right or wrong? This thing that happened to us, is someone accountable for it or is it just the movements of the cosmos? And the work of justice is becoming clear in personal responsibility, accountability, and holding ourselves and others to a standard and ideal that is mutually agreed upon and is upheld in our social contract. What do we agree about being a human? What do we agree about our rights? What do we agree about our responsibilities? These are the foundations of justice and living in a just world. So again, every card has its light and shadow, its boon and its challenge. And the justice card in its light aspect or in its exalted aspect is the one who sees clearly and fights for what is right. The one who seeks justice, true justice. The shadow of this card points to the all too often real situation where justice is not served. But instead, corruption has bled into the system of justice. And what looks like justice is actually an injustice. Because we are humans and fallible, perfect justice is not possible on this realm of existence. When this card comes up in a reading, I immediately think of the legal system or the justice system, that someone may be appearing before a judge or may be involved in a legal case or someone close to them will be um, interacting with the justice system. Uh, it also is a message of discernment. Are we seeing things clearly in what is fair and right? Or do we need to re-examine a situation through a new perspective or from someone else's perspective? And again, this all matters in the form of context. So if you're reading the reversal of this card, I would be reading unfairness, injustice, disillusionment, victimhood, um, that kind of energy. But in an empowered, upright position, I would be seeing clarity, um, chivalry, protection of the innocent, and clear-eyed discernment about what is right and what is wrong, and how to commit our energy and our efforts to what is right. And this part of the path starts to get perilous. And most people truly never make it this far in the major arcana journey of the human archetype. Most people never get to these levels of discernment, introspection, and existential struggle. Because now that we've moved past the hermit, 
we're no longer just working in the outer world. We're also working in the inner world. And and now if moving into the hanged man card, we start to marry the inner world and the outer world. You notice through the major arcana journey that the hero is constantly being divided and then reunited. The masculine and feminine are sort of pulled apart and then they rejoin each other and then an integration has to happen. And so once the hermit gathers his wisdom and then he comes out into the world with a clear understanding of cause and effect and the mystery that is unsolvable, he starts to apply that insight to what is right and wrong, what is just and unjust, what he would choose for himself and what he would leave behind, who he will fight for and who he is pushing against. In that struggle, there is something asked of us, a sacrifice for a greater understanding of the truth of what it means to be here. And that sacrifice is symbolized in the hanged man card or the major arcana number 12. The man on this card is a nod to the Norse god Odin or Woden when he hung from Yggdrasil, the tree of life, um, in order to receive the runes and to be given the secrets to helping mankind. You will notice that even though this man is sacrificing a part of himself, um, he looks serene in most decks. He may have a halo around his head. He may have coins falling out of his pockets, which are a further symbol of sacrifice and letting go. Um, but generally he looks like he's not overly disturbed or distressed by this hanging, this sacrifice. Uh, he also often has his legs positioned at a number four, which is a nod to the emperor and the stability and authority and leadership required to, to move through this phase of initiation. But it's also a nod to Jupiter, whose astrological symbol is the number four or a, a glyph that looks like the number four. And Jupiter offers expansion and abundance and a new perspective. And that is just what the hangman is looking for at this part of his journey. That energy of Jupiter also gives us this buoyancy so that even when we are in times of sacrifice or challenge, there's almost a contentment or joy in that process. We know we're going to grow through it. Our consciousness has evolved to the point where even when we are faced with incredible challenge, we know everything in this universe is happening for us, for the growth of humanity, for the transformation of consciousness, so that we are not abandoned in our suffering, but spiritual forces are coming to our aid at all times. And that gives us the sense of buoyant contentment, even in the midst of grief or despair. If this card is well positioned and, and it's upright and the context um, exalts or elevates this card, this is someone who is resilient, willing to sacrifice, wise, a leader, um, does things for the good of all, not just for personal gain. If this card is reversed or in a bad context, 
The shadow side of this card is the martyr, someone who takes on too much, someone who lets the weight of the world crush them, someone who only thinks that sacrifice is their due, they're not worthy of joy or contentment, and that mindset drags them down and the people around them. Um, so this, like all major arcana cards, is a point of initiation and a challenge that must be navigated by the awakening human heart and mind. And now as the hanged man comes down off of Yggdrasil, comes down off of the tree of life, um, comes back to the ground beneath his feet with the wisdom he gained through sacrifice. Having navigated that part of the journey, he is now faced with his first major obstacle or his first major challenge. And that is the death card or major arcana number 13. So this is the death that we can live through. This card represents the death that allows us to be reborn. And those humans who reach this level of awakening are born outside of their conditioning and outside of their karmic influences. And they're born into a new mind and a new heart. One that is um, connected to our interbeing, not bogged down just by the personal egoic persona, but connected to the larger reality of the cycles of life and death and the movement of the individual through the web of all things, that our point of consciousness is just one point in a sea of consciousness. And the initiate who has come to this point, to number 13, to the death card, is shedding the husk of the individual consciousness in order to merge with interbeing or interconnectedness. And just like the hanged man realized and recognized, this initiation comes at a great price. What something feels very much like death, this price is the death of something, an old way of being, a relationship, a career, um, our health. It is, it is a deep restructuring of the inner world in order to let go of what has kept us identified in our smallness so that we can move into our greatness. Because so few people move through this initiation in, in a single lifetime, sometimes this card does represent physical death because that can be the initiation. So this will depend on the reading and the context, whether this means physical death, the death of a job, the death of a career, the death of a relationship, the death of a cycle or a pattern. Something is ending and it is between you and the querent to discover what it is that is ending and being transformed and who is being liberated and in what way. If the card is reversed or poorly positioned, this may represent an unwillingness to let go of something that is slowly killing the querent. So if there is a relationship that the person cannot let go of, cannot let die, that becomes a toxin in the life of that person. 
if there's a career that is not the heart's true calling, that is slowly sucking the life out of the querent, their unwillingness to move out of that pattern could be death reversed or death um, in that context. So death means that we are called to change, to transform, to release, to surrender, to trust, and to transcend the personal ego and move into alignment with the web of interbeing. And once we are reborn, we've moved through the initiation of death. We've let go. We've released what has been imprisoning us in some way. And we've allowed our mind and heart to expand into something greater than the small personal ego. We come to temperance. This is number 14 in the tarot. And temperance is stillness, contemplation, the middle way, which was the Buddhist path to move through this world, not in any extreme but instead in contentment, in moderation, knowing that in all things, both good and bad exist. This really, to me, is the card of enlightenment. When we reach temperance, we are beyond duality and can exist in the midst of duality, connected to the balance of those forces and not swinging wildly in one direction or another. You'll notice the temperance card generally has an angelic being pouring a liquid between two goblets, which is in itself a very meditative activity, Um, and it speaks to balance and flow. This being also has one foot on earth and one foot in the water, um, and also with wings, and the sun is rising over the mountains behind them, while irises bloom on the shore, all of the elements are very prominently displayed in one way or another on this card, which speaks again to balance. This card reminds us to move slowly, tread softly, open our aperture, and take in more of what's around us. Be aware of the dance and play of the elements in every aspect of our lives. Once we've reached the point of temperance, we're no longer chasing anything outside of us and we're not getting lost in our inner world, but we can live with one foot in this world and one foot in the other world and walk in balance between the worlds. In a reading, this often means not to rush to a decision not to rush a process, but instead to have patience, not to go to extremes, but to seek balance. If the card is inverted or reversed or not positioned well in the context of the reading, then it is a warning about not living in moderation or living instead in excess. In what areas of your life have you become excessive in order to fill a void inside yourself or to patch a wound in your ego that you have not been able to overcome. So we will stop with temperance for this week's review of the Tarot Major Arcana and leave ourselves in this energy of temperance 
this energy of the first twinkle of enlightenment. Um, those of us who are on the path of spiritual awakening know that enlightenment does not last. <laughs> it is a moment of clarity and balance and contemplative awakeness and joy and bliss. And that sometimes it seems like the brighter that moment of enlightenment, the darker the fall that comes afterwards. Because we are dual beings living in a dual universe, or at least a dual planet. And so we experience duality, even if for periods of time on this path, we are walking in balance without being pulled too hard in one direction or the other. That balance will always swing. The longer we walk the path, the more quickly we can find our center again. But we will always face challenges. That is the rule of the life on earth. It is full of challenge. And how we respond to that challenge is the whole point. So until next week, I hope that you'll find some time to sit with these cards. One of my favorite ways to work with the tarot is to pull a card and to journey into it, to do a meditation or a visualization where I am a character in the card. Maybe it's the main character, maybe it's a bystander, maybe I'm an inanimate object, but I try to have a sensory experience of what it would be like to be in that landscape, what it would feel like, what it would sound like, what it would smell like. And those types of inner explorations help the meaning behind the card to open more fully into my mind and to come to live more deeply in my bones. If you do travel into the cards and have an experience, I would love to hear about it. You can drop me an email at therebelherbalist at gmail.com or find me on any of my social platforms. joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist.